Let's move from hockey to U.S. college football for a second, because in a move that is very reminiscent of the George Orwell book, 1984, the University of Alabama is now tracking students that go to its football games through something called the Tide Loyalty Points app to see whether or not the students in the stands actually stick around for the entire game, to see whether or not they actually stick around for all four quarters. Now, the Alabama team is the Crimson Tide. That's why they call it the Tide Loyalty Points app. But what you do is, as a student, you download this app on your phone, and you'll be rewarded with priority access to uh, tickets for uh, uh, playoff games for the uh, Crimson Tide and and other goodies. And so uh, the way I understand it is when you enter the stadium, you get like 100 loyalty points. And the longer you stick around, uh, if you stick around into the fourth quarter of the game, you'll get more points, like, 250 more loyalty points that you can build up uh, through the season. And as we said, there's certain rewards for that. And there's also certain punishments for leaving early and not sticking around for the entire game. And this is their attempt, the university's attempt, to keep students in the stands after longtime and legendary head coach Nick Saban was incensed last year when it came to the attendance and the support that his team was getting. He couldn't figure out why students weren't sticking around for the entire game, and they've decided, well, this is a way to tackle, if you will, pardon the pun, uh, this uh, problem with the support for the college uh, football team. But, as you might imagine, this has raised some serious concerns with privacy uh, experts who call this a move by the university very alarming, asking uh, why should packing the stadium in the fourth quarter be the last time, perhaps, that this university or a government wants to know where students or its people are because obviously this is uh, using geo tracking and knows exactly where you are and uh, one has to wonder uh, whether or not uh, you know this is the sort of application we might see used for other students for other things other than just varsity sports I mean, for example, and we've had this uh, debate on and off on the show, and it's been, uh, you know, debated everywhere as to whether or not there's a place in the classroom for cell phones, for smartphones. And is there a place in the classroom for a smartphone if it's tracking the student and you know whether or not your son or daughter is actually showing up for school? I mean, forget the truancy officer. We don't need them anymore. You could actually just... uh, track whether or not your son and daughter are actually in class hanging out on the school ground somewhere or i don't know at a friend's place uh, instead so i don't know would either you jackie dusty would you guys load this app on your phone if you were promised some benefits and and some goodies that you get these loyalty points you could use uh, later on not at all no because then you'd have to go you'd be committing yourself plus you're giving your location up um, and I, I'm not a huge privacy person. Like I, 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 I'm younger, so I've grown up in the generation where you know these kind of things are just a part of life. But this does seem like it's crossing a line. Yeah, but should this be a part of life? And I wonder how many students know the sort of privacy that they are giving up. Do they know whether or not that uh, they're getting tracked and that uh, they know what? I mean, it's kind of implied, I guess. I mean, if you leave and you're not getting the loyalty points that others that are staying are, you would think you could put two and two together, particularly as a student of higher learning. 
But I wonder how many people, how many students really think that through to the nth degree. Yeah, and I don't want to speak uh, for Generation Z because that's that's not the generation I'm part of technically. But I do think that when you package things as, as, a, as a point system or as just an app that you can earn some rewards from, uh, they are less likely to think about the, the consequences that may come with it. I mean, they're the ones downloading like uh, all of these these other, I don't know, apps that collect your data and even with the games and stuff like i deleted a game the other day because it wanted full access to my data and i think that uh, they're more likely to just kind of skirt around that kind of stuff yeah what about you dusty would you download this no not at all i, I mean whenever a website asks me like hey tell us your location i say no so what this... website is asking for your location <laughs> no, hey like... you tell us your uh, location um there's like the the weather network for example they say, oh, what's your location right now? So we could give you uh, personalized readings. Oh, okay. But I, I never, to any website or app that asks me, hey, what's your location? I say, nope. See, that's one I would say yes to, though. Yeah, but you see, as we're sitting here talking about this, I'm thinking about uh, I've got the Weather Network on my phone. So now I'm instantly paranoid. So thanks for that, Dust. Uh, I've also got Waze, which I love using in traffic. But that's sh- third party as well. But uh, I'm wondering, because there's so many other people listening right now that probably use Waze on their phone, too, to skirt traffic issues. But obviously, Waze knows exactly where you are in your car. I mean, in my, it knows how fast I'm driving in my car. I noticed uh, that they added a speedometer that uh, shows how fast uh, you're traveling uh, on the screen. I mean, they're obviously collecting all kinds of data. Uh, they also have a list of my favorites. Right, the places I go to most often. So they also must know, I'm sure, the folks at Waze, uh, you know, how many McDonald's I pass and all this sort of thing. And I'm actually seeing that uh, as we're talking this out. I'm just thinking about it now because you get the little golden arches icons on the Waze you app now. stop a lot of uh, McDonald's, Jeff? No, but it knows I drive by these McDonald's and I'm also getting McDonald's ads, pop-ups on the Waze map. So. Okay. You, you know, I do something that's kind of similar that's actually really creepy and I've been told it's creepy, but I still let it happen because I think it's cool. Uh, Google, uh, Google Maps, I use that instead of Waze, but it has timeline. So it will tell you where you've been and kind of mark it. And every now and then you'll get a notification, you know, confirm that you were here and it'll say 25 Dockside Drive. And I'll, I'll just say yes. Uh, so I can go back to like 2018, September 12th, and I can figure out exactly where uh, where I was that day and what I did and how I got there, like biking or walking. And it's I'm going to say like 90% accurate, but I let it happen because I, I, I think it's cool, but it's creepy. Yeah. I mean, when you really, again, start thinking about this, it is really kind of, as you say, Jackie, it's creepy yeah, how much you like. I mean, you can look back years. I mean, there's years of data you can go back to... Uh, I don't know, September 16th, uh, 2016, and you were walking by this building, obviously, at this time, because uh, Waze knows that uh, you walked or or drove by here, or that you went to this football game and you stayed only for the first half and and you left, and they're enticing people here with... uh, bonus points and other products. Actually, when you were introducing this story, one thing that uh, it reminded me of uh, sports-related was, remember when the Raptors were in the playoffs and then there was that one game where they said, oh, we didn't feel the energy because people had left, you know, to yeah, get the yeah. bathroom. So I was wondering what if the, the bigger co- corporations, you know, implemented this on a wider scale. So, oh, if you get out of your seats, you know, you get less points. But if you sit there and you watch the game, you know, all the way through, you get more points. Well, you know what? Uh, with the hockey season right around the corner, Maybe this is exactly what the Maple Leafs uh, need to do. Because the one complaint 
amongst Leaf Nation and those that can't afford to go to the uh, games any longer because the seats are just too expensive is you watch on TV, and, of course, it's all the companies in the suits that have got the platinum seats, but nobody's ever there at the start of the period because they're busy waiting for their sushi order or, uh, you know, a glass of Pinot Grigio or whatever they've uh, ordered to, to come to them, or they just don't care about the game that much, so they come back, you know, kind of five minutes into the period. Well, maybe we need this loyalty app to get the bottom bowl filled at the beginning of uh, of every uh, period. I remember the Leafs got off to a really uh, slow start in one playoff game, and one of the announcers was blaming the fact that there were no fans there cheering them on, getting them going. So, And here's our tech guy, Adam Oldfield. He joins us. Adam, good afternoon. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well, Jeff. I love hearing how we're all worried about getting tracked. And then Jackie starts talking about, I love being tracked. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a generational thing, perhaps. Like I said, uh, you know, maybe she's just uh, grown up with it and accepted it. But give us your take on this app that uh, students at the University of Alabama in the States, football fans, they've been asked to download on their phones. It knows if they've gone to the game and how long they stay. And you're rewarded if you stay into the fourth quarter. Is this the wave of the future, Adam? Absolutely. And I think part of it is they've seen a decline. One of the reasons they've implemented that is across the board in the United States, college football attendance is dropping, not necessarily just based on the fact that the uh, the teams aren't doing well. But from 15 years ago, it was always a packed house, almost more popular than CFL games. It was obviously a joke. I know uh, I was a field announcer for the CFL years ago, and I remember the joke of, geez, I wish we could fill this as much as a college game. So part of it is a matter of retention. That's a big deal. I mean, remember, college football is like a business. As much as it's about profiling future athletes that are professionals, it's still a business. They make a lot of money on sponsors. They still for, uh, uh, develop a lot of their revenue through those through those systems where they have retention. And if they're losing that, sponsor value for the teams is being impacted. So it makes sense to me that they would want this for the sake of being able to track it. And I think even this year, most universities were implementing an Alexa a speaker box in every room in the college, meaning they were able to track all the students' request information, asking questions about when the game was happening. So now they're also using it as a medium to advertise to the students, not only with the app they download, but by using the Alexa speaker boxes that are in every room to promote the games coming up. Would you like to make sure to reserve your time to attend? Those are very key components. So university is a business, and I think like any business, they have to be able to show how many people use it, how long they attend, when they leave, and what they're doing when they're at the game. Well, you know, it's just interesting to me. If fans are leaving the stands, they're not staying for the entire game, or even not going at all, it used to be that, well, it's because your team sucks. So just get a better <laughs> team and a better product on the field, and people will show up. But here in 2019 and beyond, the answer isn't so much improve the team as it is, well, let's track fans and reward them if they'll stay. 100%. And I think when we take a look at millennials or otherwise, and just the fact of so many things to do, let's just like, you know, like, again, when we looked at where our entertainment value is and where our time is being spent, uh, we have a big issue that people are having a hard time removing themselves from technology. Uh, we can't even sit in a diner, a cafe, or, or walk down the street for that matter without people glued to their screens. So for the fact of having people sit in a stadium, watch a live game, interact, 
through the wave, uh, you know, order their nachos, pass down the beer. These are all things we look at and go, well, that's what you're supposed to do at a football game, are you? Well, when everyone's uh, challenged to grab your advertising dollar and your entertainment uh, moment, uh, you know, it, it is going to become a challenge for people to, or, or for the, in the case of football, uh, college football, to be able to get them to attend. That's a serious, it's a big concern because we are so gravitated to not needing to go out. We're becoming so antisocial. It's a big issue. So they're trying right. to use technology to become social. All right. So is this just the tip of the iceberg? Can you see this? I mean, just forget football, other industries. I mean, I'm thinking about retail as well. Uh, so many people aren't going to brick and mortar stores anymore. Could you see the likes of, I don't know, the Bay saying, listen, come into the store. And if you spend uh, 30 minutes or more in here browsing and looking at that, uh, we're going to give you uh, 10% off. If you spend over an hour, we'll give you 20% off. 100%. I think when we saw that with Facebook Analytica, data of human consumption and loyalty is one of the bigger uh, uh, components of where business needs to be today. And if we're talking retail, they are really struggling with how do I captivate the customer? How do once I have that customer, that, that retention is absolutely critical. And what you need to do to bring value to that customer is give them, as you brought up earlier, reward points or you know loyalty points. We've seen that with movies. we we seen it with with uh, cellular plans um, all of these are retention values people use it uh, they as the more you use it the better you get with it we've seen it with point points is the big deal right now and it's a big loyalty thing people love value so it, it's coming down to it's gonna be the next stage of where we're gonna see retail expand and it's gonna have to be the lifeblood of retail the days of having a store open with your product on a shelf are no longer going to be just enough for people to come in you're going to need to build some sort of a retention value reward point to make it work. And that's where we're seeing it already. You know, it's also the way they're building followings on Instagram, right? I've seen like, uh, we're giving this away. Just tag uh, two friends and uh, let them know about uh, our offer. And if they follow us, then your name is uh, in the draw. So it's just not, uh, you know, uh, limited to football stadiums or, or malls. Everybody's kind of using this. Everyone's using it, and influencer marketing in that case you brought up is 100% the biggest driving factor, and, and I was just talking about this at a workshop the last week, is we're going to see a new change in rules and regulations, even from a social media profile. So, you know, Jeff, you have, what, 100,000 followers on your Instagram so far? Uh, well, give or take 100,000, but yes. Okay, so in the future, we're talking that there's a big cry from Actra um, that are basically taking to companies and telling them, you're not allowed to use an influencer anymore without the influencer paying their actra fees, union fees, because they're pulling away from value and revenue from, from an acting guild. So in this, it's even changing from that scope of thing like you use, tell three friends, as that person is more popular, they're even going to be challenged from a corporate side to not be able to go to them and, and, and influence to say, please share with all of your followers and friends that's it's right now in the united emirates they're ro- rolling it out in europe and i believe in north america in the next year will be very much in the same line All we right. won't be able to use influencers really interesting here with the tech expert adam oldfield adam also want to talk to you this afternoon about the super channel we remember them of course they were the specialty channel that uh, showed uh, pay-per-view uh, movies uh, pay tv uh, well they have filed a lawsuit against four canadian retailers best buy staples canada computer Computers and London Drugs for allegedly selling pirate devices and then telling their customers how to watch a TV without paying for it. What do you make of this lawsuit? 
I think it's complete garbage, and it made me laugh when I read it. And in fact, it's it's comical because the laws in Canada do not allow um, for for uh, what they're claiming in the courts. I'm no lawyer, Jeff, that's for sure, but I know a lot about how the tech world works. And uh, right now in Canada, streaming is not illegal. It is not illegal to stream. Holding a, a, a video, a file, or keeping it on your hard drive is illegal, and there is a big difference. So what I saw in the court case or what the claim was this morning on Super Channel made me chuckle to myself because what they're going after is the Amazon Fire Stick, the Roku built into the LG in the television. What they're not happy with is the sales reps on the floor talking to individual customers saying, I can be able to help you cut your cable. We're gonna, you're going to save tons of money. You'll be able to stream all sorts of television without ever having to pay for another cable bill. Well, they're actually correct. The problem is, how do you regulate when you have a law that says streaming is not illegal and the streaming is coming from servers out of the country and what they're claiming from Super Channel is they want to uh, uh, sue these individuals for claiming to sell this hardware, which is available in pretty much every electronic device um, to allow for streaming. And second is going to the CRTC and trying to get Bell and Rogers to support them is it's futile. They've been trying this for a while and the real challenge is uh, do we shut off all access to servers out of the country? Well, you can imagine the economic impact if we can't access Indonesia, Japan, where all these servers are sitting and they're streaming into our into our network and sure. Super Channel. Is, but is, let me ask you this, sorry, Adam. I mean, their yeah, defense, no probably, I'm guessing, the retailers is, listen, we're just selling these devices. Uh, we're not exactly telling people to go illegally download movies or uh, TV shows. We're just selling a device uh, that what they do with it after we sell it to them is, is their own uh, business. Well, they're claiming that, but the actual proof is showing that the, the retail sales reps are, are actually disclosing you can go out and not pay for cable. You can get these programs absolutely free. That's the biggest challenge that they're, they're claiming. Yeah, do you think at the end of the day, are we going to see all this, because uh, right now there's geo-blocking going on, right? I think we've all been to certain websites where we've tried to view some uh, material and it's uh, you know not legal in your area or your time zone. Well, that would be yes. I mean, what they again, if they did that, that you're referring to when you go on like YouTube and uh, it says this content's not available in your country. And so this is definitely something that could be uh, uh, managed, except it's YouTube that is controlling that. And what we're talking about is cable networks that are being streamed, Canadian contented programming that is being streamed at no charge when you're using these devices. So, I mean, the real challenge is how do you shut off a streaming system? Because they do stream. You can get any of the CBC, CTV, all of these television broadcasters are capable of being able to uh, rebroadcast, if you will, in streamed to these devices being sold at Canada Computers and Best Buy and otherwise. It's not Best Buy's problem. I'm just going to say that. It's not even Canada Computers. It's Amazon Fire Stick's problem. And how do you go to, uh, the, as a Canadian entity, go to these groups and say, stop making these devices for streaming? Well, that means we won't be getting, getting Disney Channel, Netflix, uh, Spike TV. All of these are utilizing a channel to deliver the streaming service. It's, it, this is just a wasted voice. And I think what Super Channel is trying to do is bring awareness to say to consumers, please 
don't use illegal streaming, which we'll call it illegal. Don't stream public programming. Make sure you buy your cable programming. I think it's an old way of saying, uh, you, you know, stick with the old, please don't innovately go in with anything new. All right, listen, we're out of time, but I do need to mention, if you are looking for a great streaming option, Global Go. Global Go is, is fantastic. You can even stream the morning show on there. Uh, Adam Oldfield, thank you very much, my friend. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> All right, we'll talk soon. Our tech expert, Adam Oldfield.